Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 68 of Drink the Movies. I am Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, you and I are in crunch time for Oscar week. We are getting our movies watched. I have faith in us. I think we're going to be able to to come pretty close, you know, to at least everything that we're able to see here before it's time to make our Oscar picks. But we're going to have to take a quick break from Oscar picking because today, as of release, it is St. Patrick's Day. So whip up a green beer. Uh, And let me know, how do you normally celebrate St. Patrick's Day? One of the very first times you and I hung out was at a St. Patrick's Day, and you brought your own green food coloring to jazz up some beer. And I I like that about you. And now now look at us, 68 episodes later, we're in it to win it, celebrating another St. Patrick's Day together. That's right. And you'll be pleased to know I I also brought green food coloring for our cocktail. (laughs) Oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah. And no, I'm big into that, yeah. 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 No, I mean, whatever, whatever we're drinking today, uh, you know, whether I've got one for beer too, but green food coloring for our martini, which is uh, going to be a little bit of everything. So that's oh, going to be great, but a little bit. you have to, Yeah, you that's, have to, that's... it's like the American version of uh, St. Patty's day, which is basically a drunken free for all, which I don't think mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. idea. Um, it's no. amateur, it's amateur hour. There's a couple there's only a couple of holidays that I, that I don't go out and uh, do a giant drunk fest. And this is one of them just because there's a lot of other people doing that and they're driving and that's not cool. Do not drink and drive. So, um, so yeah, I'm here with you and we're going to have our green martinis. They're not normally green, but I brought the food coloring. And so there, there we go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, So do you have, do you have any um, like favorite go-to drinks? Um, Like I mentioned the green beer, I always, I will pour myself a really nice, um, uh, kind of dram of an Irish whiskey. Uh, I always have that. I always do some corned beef uh, and cabbage. Uh, it's just something that I've, I've always done. My wife doesn't care for it. So I'm only really allowed to do it like one day a year. And that's the, this is the day of it. So. Um, well, I do like a nice Guinness. Um, and I really have tried to master the art of doing that. Again, the thing where you it's, it's an Americanized thing, but I try to draw the four leaf clover on the top. Oh, okay. And that I I still don't know how to do it, but I try every year. Um, and an Irish coffee. I love a good Irish coffee mm. with some good mm-hmm. Irish whiskey in a in a nice in a nice cup. Yeah, that's you know? right. You can you can go back to uh to one of our very first episodes and get our uh, recipe for Irish coffee in the uh, Elf Absolutely. episode. Uh, that was very that's delicious. Right. So so yeah. So let us know at home if you're doing anything or if you have any special drinks or anything like that you do for St. Patrick's Day. But now, Michaela. We better, uh, we better press pause on this thing. We better get down. Gr- grab your uh, green food coloring. We're going to need that for our drink this week. And uh, we'll be right back to chat about this week's cocktail. So this week's cocktail comes from a line and a martini order from the film Licorice Pizza. Yeah, that's right. So when we were uh, deciding what movies we wanted to do, we wanted to do a couple in the uh, Oscar lead up. Uh, weeks here and we picked licorice pizza and we actually well you actually found this recipe it was on 
um, like a website for an Alamo draft house. I'm not sure if it was a specific one or just kind of the, the corporate one, but they were talking about this film and this martini that's in it. And as it turns out, this martini actually exists in the film. She actually orders this thing. She's out to, uh, out at some restaurant, like this fancy, like Hollywood, uh, you know, kind of old, like steakhouse kind of, kind of a thing. And the waiter comes up and asks her if she wants a martini. And she says, yes. Uh, and he asks what kind, and she says a gin vodka, uh, as, as you do, of course, as you, um, and then, you know, would she like a lemon or an olive in that, uh, to which she says, yes. So this is a little bit of everything. And that is exactly uh, you know, how our leading lady in this, Alana, lives her life, a little bit of everything. So why don't you run through this one for everyone, Michaela? Sure. Okay. As someone so, else uh, who also wants a, a little bit of everything. That's, that's right. That's, that's, that's right. the way to do it. We all, we all, there's a little bit of Alana in us and us all. Um, so this is how, this is how you make it. So it's a, an ounce and a half of your favorite gin, an ounce and a half of your favorite vodka. Um, half an ounce of dry vermouth. Once again, dry, not sweet, dry. This is important. This is a martini. Okay. Don't, don't go, don't get that one wrong. And then you're going to, uh, want to do some lemon rind and some olives because mm -hmm. we're doing everything. Okay. So the way I did this is because I have learned my lesson, uh, is I go ahead and get a shaker, fill it with some ice. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to put the gin and the vodka and the dry vermouth in that shaker, but because you don't want to bruise the gin, I gently stir it. Okay. I don't shake it. And mm -hmm. then <clears throat> I go ahead and have my martini glass nice and cold. So you can do that a couple of different ways. You can freeze it. Um, I don't have that kind of patience. So I just put ice cold water in it and let it cool for a little bit. I the problem, the, water. the problem is we need a standalone freezer just for martini glasses. I think exactly. that's, that's, exactly. the, that's the real issue. Um, but and yeah, I have that's, the space. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what I do too. I just, um, when I decide I'm going to make a martini, I just fill up a martini glass with ice and some cold water. And I just let that sit while I'm mixing it up. And then it is nice and frothy, frosty by the time you are ready to go. Exactly. So you pour that out. And then you just gently go ahead and add in the alcohol uh, and then you garnish that with your lemon. Now it's important you express the lemon. And what that means is basically, you know, you roll up the lemon rind so that the oils kind of express over the top. Mm -hmm. And some people also, they really like the lemons uh, kind of. Um, and so you can, you can rub that lemon rind around the mm -hmm. Yeah, on the rim, yeah. Mm -hmm. of, of the glass. I went ahead and did that because I wanted okay. to see what everything was like. And then, you know, if you like a lot of olives, I went ahead and did two, put those in. And um, and I added a little bit of olive juice too because I thought, uh, slightly dirty with the lemon. Let's just do it all. Let's see what okay. happens. <laughs> so There um, you go. And then, of course, you know, a couple of drops of green food coloring. So we're going to show you pictures <laughs> of both. Um, oh, okay. on, on the site. So you can see what it looks like regularly. And then of course our St. Patty's day version. Um, and I that. have to say, I was expecting to not enjoy this. I was expecting mm -hmm. this to be too boozy or something. I don't know why I expected to not like this. It's yep. just everything I love. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah I same. actually I, really loved it. Yeah. Same. I also expected not to like this and looking back on it, I don't really know why I expected that. So, um, yeah, just mix it up. I used uh, Tangeray for my gin. I used Grey Goose for my vodka. Um, then mix it up. I did two olives too. I I did not make a dirty martini, which is, um, if you know from listening to the podcast, that's kind of how I prefer to do mine, especially if I'm going to be having a vodka martini. Um, but I just I just left this one, you know, pretty dry. Other than that, a uh, half ounce of vermouth and mix it up, and this was pretty good. It was kind of 
it was like a little bit lighter on the the gin flavor. Um, I I could see this being a good way to go if you are like just getting into gin. You're not a huge gin fan, just wanted to dilute kind of those botanicals a little bit. Um, that's something you could definitely play around with and and doing that if you're you know kind of interested in getting the flavors of a gin, but maybe just find an all gin martini too strong. This could be a good way to to check it out. But yeah, I mean this was just. This was just a a good martini. Now that said, I don't know that I'll just ever uh, whip up one of these, uh, you know, kind of everything, the kitchen sink uh, martinis here. But uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Good pick, Alana, I guess, if you're uh, if you're out to a fancy dinner with your uh, Hollywood friends. Go, go yeah, ahead and get fair, one of these. Did she actually know she was ordering this or did she did she literally just be like, I don't know what any of that is. So I just want everything. It is hard to say if she knew anything <laughs> at all, but we are going to be talking about that uh, in this in this episode when we get into the movie. But let us know at home what your favorite uh, martini is, if it's a gin, if it's a vodka, or if it's a, if you know it's a vodka gin martini. Let us know. Let us know olives. Let us know lemons. And yeah, make one of these up and uh, watch the movie. So why don't we take a quick break and we will be right back to chat about this week's film, Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. Spoiler warning for Licorice Pizza. If you've not yet seen Paul Thomas Anderson's 2021 coming of age story, comedy drama about, gosh, a bunch of things and nothing at all, then you should press pause. You should go mix yourself up a Alana Martini with everything under the sun and then come back uh, and we can chat about it because we're definitely going to chat about it. Uh, that's right. That's right. One of the things uh, we're going to start chatting about, I think, is what it, why it's called licorice pizza, because for the longest time, I, I couldn't wait to watch it because I had no idea what this was about. <laughs> you, th- you thought it was about an actual uh, pizza with licorice on it. And that is that is not correct. Um, but this is like you said, this is a this is a coming of age story. It is a romance story, um, a comedy, a drama. It's it's a little bit of everything, just like that martini was. But this one stars Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman as our lead characters here. And this netted three more Academy Award nominations for Paul Thomas Anderson, bringing his total up to 11. Uh, will he finally win one? We will talk about that uh, here after we get through, get through the movie. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than knowing that this movie was about a a very inappropriate love affair. Um, I didn't, I didn't know much else about this movie going into it. Michaela, I knew obviously it was Paul Thomas Anderson. So you, you kind of know what to expect from, from the acting and the, and the writing and the way it's going to look a little bit. Cause he definitely has uh, his own certain style. But other than that, I didn't really know what to expect from this thing going into it, to it. Did you have any sort of uh, preconceived uh, notion about what this was going to be about or? No, not, not at all. Not at all. And so I knew P.T. Anderson. Well, so he used to be P.T. Anderson. I guess that's what he was called for the longest time. And now he's going he's going long and we're calling him Paul Thomas Anderson. But I remember watching Magnolia, which was the first time I really ever got into him um, because I was a little too young to really have an appreciation for Boogie Nights. And so Mm -hmm. I did not watch uh, Boogie Nights until much later. Um, And then I was like, holy moly, this this guy's a genius. I loved Magnolia though, um, which is another three hour film. Um, However, it makes use of the three hours. That is a movie 
that uh, does does it right. Um, there are some movies this year that really need to take stock and look at that as how to how to have a three hour film. Um, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson's is a genius, and I definitely see. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing how they were going. Um, the set direction really in this film because mm -hmm. he does a really good job of playing the characters against the spaces that they're in. And also his scripts are amazing. And this is, um, this is an original script. And so I was really looking forward to that, but I didn't know anything about what this was about other than it looked in the previews, like it was set in the seventies, which mm -hmm. I was excited about, but I hadn't, no, I, I really had no idea um what it was about until i started watching it yeah uh yeah same here like and like you said you kind of you kind of know what to expect a little bit with uh paul thomas anderson but yeah i was going into this more or less blind other than than we knew that our uh our leading characters here were in love and uh just to kind of get this get this thing started out so they first kind of meet you have you have gary who's played by cooper hoffman who is who is philip seymour hoffman's son uh he is playing gary and you have uh, Alana Haim, who's playing playing Alana, uh, she's there to do school pictures and uh, just kind of instantly, uh, there's no real lead up into the meeting. Uh, you just have Gary, he's uh, kind of schmoozing and sweet talking Alana um, as they're waiting in line to get their school pictures uh, taken. Um, and he ends up asking her out on a date. Um, and uh, she doesn't she doesn't necessarily say yes, but uh, kind of the next scene, they're at the restaurant. And uh, she shows up. So apparently there was some interest there. And we kind of we kind of get into a little bit more about her story as as this goes along, like why she might have found uh, this young high school kid alluring in some way. Uh, but but that really gets it set out. And one of the things that I really like about this film, there's a lot of walking and talking um, and kind of these like study shots. And uh, it kind of opens up on one of those as they're like walking through the hallway of the school and then waiting in line. Um, it's it's really neat the way that it looks and the way that it's directed. But but that gets that gets a, a set up. Right. You have this mm -hmm. this girl who's 25 or potentially a little bit older. You don't really know for sure. Um, and you have this this high school kid. And yeah, who is definitely like 15. He yeah. Is, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But definitely he's so, is. he's so smooth. He's so. He's so not arrogant, but he's so confident in the way in which he he looks at her and he he's got like a little brother and he sets out his whole plan. He's like, look, I uh, I take my my little brother to this restaurant every night and I let him eat and then I take him to a frosty freeze. You know, I let him have dessert and then I take him home and then I sneak out and then I go to this other restaurant. And if it's within, you know, your plans, I'd love to see you at this restaurant. And she's like, what? Who are you at 15? How are you? How does this even happen? And he's like a child actor and he's done a couple of things. So he has his own money. His mom is like his publicist. And so that's how she makes her money. And she's, you know, Alana's character is kind of taken aback by this. And he's looking at her and he tells his brother, he's like, oh, I'm going to marry this girl someday. And you're just, it just doesn't feel like this is anything that a 15 year old would do, but it's 1973 mm -hmm. in the San Fernando Valley. So anything is possible at this point. You're <laughs> like, well, I mean, okay. And so, and at the same time, it doesn't feel scuzzy and gross. Like at no point, even mm -hmm. when things get a little bit more adult, do you feel like this is going to turn into something that is nefarious, 
um, even when they have the opportunity to mm-hmm. make it more adult, you yeah. think he, he it, even it, has a couple of opportunities to get kind of make some decisions that are not great. And he's like, nah, I'm going to not. And yeah, it does. It does a really good job. It does push up kind of against that line a couple of times uh, to where you're not to where you're not sure where it's going to go. And then um, there's some some restraint because obviously this is this is a a challenging subject i guess to to mm-hmm. a, to handle for sure so um but you find out a, a little bit kind of about alana's kind of home life um and to why she might be kind of drawn to this you know this magnetism this this charismatic uh character gary uh you go and she's at dinner with her family um it's a very like strict Jewish household or her older sisters are all very successful. Her parents are successful. They want her to be successful, but she's kind of this artistic type. She is a wannabe um, actress. Um, She's just working right now as like a photography assistant, kind of waiting for her big break. She doesn't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't take um, any of her story that she had any sort of real ambitions until she met Gary. And then she could, you know, his ambitions were big enough for the both of them. Um, And I think that she kind of fell in love with that idea of, you know, being successful and being entrepreneurial and uh, getting out and putting herself out there. And that was something that she could really only be afforded because of Gary's charisma. And she, he kind of guides her through this. And then the way that this film is set up, it's almost like a series of vignettes, which is, you know, kind of, uh, you know, directors like Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, Quentin Tarantino, Kevin Smith, you know, any of those that are kind of in that same age group who uh, I think they call them like like VHS directors, but all of these uh, directors who grew up watching home movies um, have, have these tell these kind of stories where they're it's it's kind of like a loose string of a story that just runs through all these vignettes. That is definitely how this film is structured. Yeah. So you see kind of the first time that um, Alana gets a taste of what Gary's life is like um Alana's asked to be his chaperone <laughs> as he because he, he is asked to go on this press junket um because he is a child actor and there's a movie that's getting press and he has to go but his mom can't go so he asks her to go and there's another couple of people on the um that are in the cast one in particular is older and more age appropriate for her and she mm-hmm. is you know, finds him attractive and he definitely finds her attractive. And so she goes on a date with this other child actor and, you know, that doesn't go anywhere, but there's a moment um, where Gary is really hurt. And one of the things that I really loved in this film is Gary and Alana, I mean, their age difference is actually real. Uh, Cooper Hoffman is 18 and I think Mm -hmm. Alana Haim um, is 30. So there is a there is a big age difference. Um, but he, you know, he calls her and kind of, and he doesn't, uh, doesn't say anything, but she know and she knows it's him and she doesn't say anything. And then they both kind of hang up because she knows that his feelings are really hurt. Um, and he knows that he really doesn't have any right to have his feelings be hurt because he's just a kid and she has never, said that they're anything more than just friends. In fact, if anything, she's like, you are 15 and I am an adult and this is, you know, get a grip, dude. Um, But like you see that vignette that I think was really sweet where he's jealous, but he also knows he has no reason to really be jealous. And then later, you know, Gary shows that he is an entrepreneur, right? And so he Mm -hmm. can see, um, he gets this opportunity to... (laughs) 
make um, waterbeds or sell waterbeds because that's a thing in the 70s. And yeah, so right. he like sets up shop in some some room, you know, they, some storefront and he hires Alana to help him out. And so everybody and their mother is in there and they've got like all these different waterbeds, which are just basically bags of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, of plastic that you fill with water and you put in a box and lay in. And if you've never had a waterbed, Brian, they're really awesome. I grew up in them. <laughs> and uh, they're great. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I would say that it's awesome. My parents actually had a waterbed too. Um, but yeah, this, this has very like hyper specific 1970s things. So like the waterbed, um, if, if you're like a younger, one of our listeners, you might have no idea what a waterbed is or that these things even existed. So that could be completely new to you. Um, so there's, there's stuff like that. There's stuff like the, uh, the gasoline shortage, uh, which was very, very real, very, uh, you know, thing that actually was occurring in the 1970s where gasoline was being rationed for people. Uh, they decriminalized pinball, which I, neither of us are old enough. So I can't even fathom that pinball would have ever have been criminalized to begin with. But, um, but yeah, you all this very video this, games in a, in a place. <laughs> that, you can right. go, go and put a quarter in a machine and play a pinball machine. Oh my go God. Out, you go outside. Jail. Go outside, you kids. Get out there. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, um, back back to your point. Yeah. So he gets kind of this, the side hustle kind of gigs, like selling these waterbeds. Um, and you'll see, they go to the, they go to the sex expo and there's, uh, like a younger girl, a more age appropriate girl for him that he starts talking with and they're, they're flirting with. And, and every time he's talking to another girl, he's just as, you know, charismatic and magnetic and charming as he, as he is with Alana. And you, you can definitely tell it's kind of this back and forth of this jealousy that they have, uh, you know, where she's getting jealous of him, he's getting jealous of her, but they never really act on, their actual like, <laughs> romantic interests in, in one another, I guess, because on one hand they kind of see that it's that it's inappropriate, but on the other hand they almost feel like they're they're destined to be with each other. Um, so it's it's really interesting, kind of back and forth. Yeah, yeah, and then there's this there's a couple of times where they each get in trouble, right? So in this in this waterbed fiasco, like I guess. Um, Gary's character uh, gets mistook for some person who's wanted for murder. So he's like walking around and the cops stop him and they, you know, this is the 70s. So they just grab him and they're like, you're under arrest. And they Mm -hmm. take him down to the station and Alana sees this and she's like, what is going on? And so she literally stops what she's doing and runs to go get him and um, get him out um, of this situation. And it all, it all ends up being fine. um, But it's very scary. And there's a couple of instances um, like that where, you know, Alana wants to be an actress. Um, Mm -hmm. She goes off on her own, you know, and, um, Gary tries to help her. He says, Hey, I've got an agent, you know, whatever they tell you to do, say yes. I mean, there's a couple of, there's a couple of no's, but basically if they say, you know, can you speak Chinese? Can you do underwater basket weaving? Say yes. Don't ever say no. And so she says yes. And she ends up, uh, you know, meeting with uh, Sean Penn, who plays this actor who is totally like, into her uh, for one reason, and it is not for her acting ability. And he's like, mm-hmm. hey, let's hang out. Um, so they're at this restaurant. And then he's like, let's go and do this motorcycle stunt. And, you know, she, um, she she's in this restaurant that Gary goes to all the time and they see each other. And it's very weird because Gary's trying to pretend that he doesn't care that she's there. And 
And mm-hmm. then they go out to do this weird stunt. And again, it's just a vignette of weirdness because the stunt ends up being, you think it's going to be this crazy thing and it's out on a golf course and it's basically just jumping over a hill on a golf course. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look that scary at all, but Sean Penn, he's been, he's been drinking, he's been doing a lot of drugs. So you think that it's going to be something that's really scary, but she's on the back of this motorcycle and he doesn't even notice that she falls off the back of the motorcycle but Gary Mm -hmm. totally sees it and he drops everything and runs to her and so there are these really beautiful moments where they totally love each other and or care for each other um but they're also not together and right yeah and I think I think part of part of their story is them kind of pushing pushing back on the other one, I guess, to, to really, cause they're both trying to figure out where, where their relationship lies. Like, like you mentioned, she goes to this restaurant and she knows that it's, you know, one of Gary's favorite places. She knows that he's going to know that she was there with these other people. And then on the other hand, I think that she was just liking, uh, you know, her ability to now kind of live in this lifestyle, something that she wasn't able to get a home. Um, yeah. And, and so you're going, going through the, through these vignettes, you have, you have that, she starts working for like this, uh, this wannabe politician guy um, and his, his ambitions are, you know, basically the same as Sean Penn's were, right. He's, he's interested in, in her for, you know, one thing or another, but uh, you know, that's something else that kind of rubs Gary the wrong way. And, and kind of at that point, when, when she started working for this, was he, what he wanted to be like the mayor or something? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what he wanted to, wanted to do exactly, but, um, but it, it was kind of at that point in the movie, I'm like, okay, she's starting to, she's kind of starting to, grow up and to fit into like her own sort of age and identity and starting to leave Gary a little bit in the past. And that's, that's kind of how I thought that the story story was going, but it, then it kind of, you know, comes back kind of, kind of 180. but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it, it's just, you know, like we'd said, it's kind of just an exploration of what this, this crazy romance is, is like that neither of them necessarily looked at as, as romantic, but, they both did kind of at the same time. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's very hard to describe in a lot of ways. This movie reminds me of lost in translation where there's, where there's um, kind of this, this romantic inkling, but it's also a friendship. Um, But, but there's these, these layers of jealousy. This one, this one obviously uh, goes a little bit further to, to kind of explore into that romance as you get into the end of the film. But, but that was what I kept, coming back to as I was watching this thing is just that it reminded me of kind of that, that weird age gap, um, kind of a friendship love interest that, that we saw between yeah. uh, the two characters in Lost in Translation. Yeah. I think the main difference, uh, is that Gary definitely liked her from the very beginning, mm-hmm. but I think also he had to kind of deal with the fact that, you know, he was much younger. And so, you know, he saw her, move on. And so he doesn't have a problem with flirting with other people or hanging out with other people. But at the end of the day, she she was always, she was always going to be his, you know, his plan a, right. Like he was Mm -hmm. like, um, and even in the scenes where they are just, they're just hanging out together. Like there is a scene where they go and they meet John Peters, who is a, um, who's a real person. So Mm -hmm. a really cool side story about this is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson gets special permission to uh, create a character 
he, she, he gets special permission from the real John Peters to create this character based on John Peters. <laughs> um, as long as he could use John Peters' favorite pickup line, which is something like, I think it's yeah. about a peanut butter sandwich or something. Um, and so, uh, cause John Peters really did date, uh, Barbara Streisand, uh, for a long time or they were married or Streisand. Streisand, sand, <laughs> however you say it. I don't know. Apparently I, I, I don't get it, but, uh, I love that scene, uh, played by the amazing Bradley Cooper. Um, Bradley Cooper's in a lot this year. I, I've mm-hmm. seen him in, in a lot of stuff and, um, this year he seems to be everywhere, but he's amazing. And he's a total, he's really not nice. And he's like threatening them while they're, they're trying to put in, uh, and install this, this giant sack of water into their bed. You know, water beds are just generally not a great idea when you think about it. Cause if they do get punctured, mm-hmm. your whole house is going to be flooded with like 30,000 gallons of water and there's nothing you're going to really be able to do about it. Right. Um, but they, True. this guy, he's like, if you, if you screw this up, if you mess up my house, I'm going to find your little brother. I'm going to kill him. Like he's just really over the top. Right. So of course, mm-hmm. what do they do? Gary just looks at Alana, Alana looks at Gary and they like, knowingly flood the house they're like screw this let's leave well the gas shortage so what happens they run out of gas my favorite scene is when alana is like this total badass driving down this hill in hollywood without any gas she's Mm -hmm. driving this big rig truck and she's just like like trying to i mean she's in neutral trying to like pump the brakes so that they don't die in the middle of the hollywood hills it's amazing and he's just like that's my girl like that's my friend right over there it's amazing and again it's not romantic he's just like so like he looks at her in awe and they there's another person in the car that's like are y'all together and they're like no we're not together but they're totally like together it's amazing but Mm -hmm. again it doesn't like it's it's tough because the subject uh, matter is, if it were, if it, if the sexes were different, like if this was a 14 year old girl and it was a 25 year old man, I think this would make us very uncomfortable, which I understand is very sexist. I think it would make me, I definitely think I would be more uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, but the way this, they, they, they created this film, somehow I'm not as bothered by it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird and it, it skirts that line. And what you just said, I mentioned about things that this reminds me of. It reminds me of that uh, um, dynamic in, in Juno uh, that you saw there with her yeah. and, uh, and that guy. Um, so same kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's a really interesting um, kind of look into the 70s. I guess Hollywood, um, where, where people's heads were at, you know, everyone's kind of rushed to stardom. It was this kind of weird time in American history. And I think that Paul Thomas Anderson did a really good job of kind of exploring um, what that, what that time was like, I guess, for people growing up. Um, I, I'm assuming that, you know, given his age, that he drew a lot kind of one from his own uh, perspective growing up in uh, California around this time as well. So that, that, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, this movie for me, it came in, it was a little bit long. I thought it probably could have been trimmed down a, a touch for my taste to kind of streamline the story, just, just a hair, but, but overall I thought it was, I thought it was good. I didn't think that it was fantastic by any means, but it was, like I said, it's what you expect from a Paul Thomas Anderson film. It it looks great. The aesthetic of the seventies looked really, really good. They did an excellent job. Um, there was kind of the the set design and all of that stuff. The dialogue is good. It's snappy. It's quirky. Um, it was 
it was pretty humorous, um, I thought, um, and kind of these uh, this little bits of dialogue that you have kind of the back and forth between the the two characters and uh, her family especially. But uh, what did you think about this, uh, Michaela, as you I finally got a chance to see this, like you said, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson fan. So uh, what were your kind of overall thoughts here? And then we'll we'll talk about uh, whether Mr. Anderson will be winning any Oscars this year liked it um I did think there were parts of it that were a little long um because it, it could have filled the space a little bit differently um mm-hmm. I really think that the script was amazing I really enjoyed the originality behind it because I don't think that I've seen anything like this before uh quite in this way I I do think that this was a very different take on a coming of age relationship, kind of a relationship study, um, mm-hmm. especially given that time. And um, I really, I was completely knocked out by Cooper Hoffman, um, mm-hmm. which is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. This is his first film. Um, he is he is so good. And I had no idea who he was. And I was really trying to not look at my phone and look him up or look up anything with this film while I was watching it. Um, thank God he is 18 because I was like entranced. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm entranced with a 15 year old. This is weird. Thank, he's 18. So thank God for that. He's, he's beautiful. He's so beautifully perfect for this because he's got that um, you know, he's got that confidence and he delivers his lines. He was delivering them so great. And you really do believe you're like, there's no way you were this cool. <laughs> like, right. there's just yeah, no yeah. way. How is this possible? And then, um, you know, the, the, the charismaticness that he has and the connection that he, that, you know, the chemistry that they do have. Um, it's, it's, I, I really liked it. Now, the real question, I guess, and the next thing you did ask was, do we think that this is going to win any of the Oscars that they're nominated for, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So this one is nominated for uh, three Academy Awards. It is nominated for uh, Best Picture, uh, Best Director, and Best uh, Original Screenplay. So uh, I guess let's start at the first. Best Picture, it's not going to win Best Picture. Uh, no. Best Director, he's probably not going to win for Best Director either. But the best original screenplay, uh, I think that that one is kind of up for grabs. Uh, let's take a look here at the uh, nominations. So for the best original screenplay this year, we have Belfast, uh, Don't Look Up, King Richard, The Worst Person in the World, and then Licorice Pizza. So I, there's there's some good ones. I Belfast is on a lot of lists to win Best Picture. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think that I, th- I think that this this could get there. Hollywood loves films about Hollywood. So they, well, that's true. It, they, that's definitely true. Ah, man, there's a lot of contenders for best original screenplay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man, that's tough. Um, I really, I, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough, but it, it, I think, I think if it's going to win anything, it will win a best original screenplay out of the three. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't think, I don't think it's going to, it's going to get, um, I don't think it's going to get best director or best picture. Um, yeah, those, those two would be uh, 
pretty long shots, I think. So best original yeah. screenplay is probably probably the best option. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it picked that up. Um, like I said, Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. So um, maybe that gives it a, a little bump there. It's it's hard to say. We'll have to, we'll have to see. We'll find out here in a couple of weeks. And that was one of the reasons we wanted to, you know, hop on and talk about this movie, you know, talk about a couple of Oscar contenders, you know, so we'd get a chance to watch them and talk about them and, you know, talk about these nominations through a little bit. But yeah, this movie, this movie was pretty good. Um, it should, it should win for best uh, original movie title. Best original movie title. That's right. And while uh, while you were talking there, I looked it up and Licorice Pizza apparently was the name of a record store in the yep. 1970s. So I, I guess that's just something you would have to know. You'd have to be familiar with the Hollywood scene of the 70s to have put two and two together on that because, yeah, no licorice, no pizza in this film. So <laughs> misleading, misleading title, possibly. But good film. Yeah, uh, I say so. I, th I think it's it's definitely worth your time to watch it's um you know especially if you're a fan of paul thomas anderson and that directing style um and that um you know kind of delivery of dialogue and things this is this is something that's uh, going to be up your alley i think yeah for sure it is definitely better than um gosh uh anderson's eighth film which was phantom thread Woo, it's definitely better than that that was that was that was hard man that was a hard one to watch this is easier this is easier and it's, and I think it's way shorter. And so. If, and there's, uh, if, and there's more waterbeds. So. And there's more have... waterbeds. You should, <laughs> everybody should at least see this for a little bit of education around what a waterbed is and what a gas shortage is. Um, because right now in the world, we're complaining about gas prices. At least we have gasoline guys and girls and people at, of the world. Yes. At least we have gas to get and at least pinball is legal. So, uh, you know, drop us a line. Let us know if you watched licorice pizza, what you thought about it. Uh, let us know. We want to find out. And we want to know if you think that Mr. Anderson will be winning any Academy Awards. And you can do that because we have our Oscar pick them. It's up on the website now. So go and make your Oscar picks. We have some awesome prizes coming. I'm going to get pictures of those. I think they're all coming in this week, but we've got some custom coasters made. We've got some custom mugs made. I'm getting some stickers on order. So we're putting together a big prize package, you know, just like we did last year. So just go onto the website. It's www.drinkthemovies.com. And then up across the top or on a little drop down, if you're on your phone, there's an Oscars 22, uh, 22 pick them. Uh, so just go there, make your Oscar picks. It doesn't matter if you've seen these or not. A uh, little fun fact, I beat Michaela at Oscar picks one year and I hadn't seen any of the Oscar movies. So, uh, you know, this is this is a game that anyone can win. So go and make sure you get entered because it's a lot of fun and we're going to be talking about Oscars for the next two weeks. Um, and then I'm, and maybe Michaela will beat me and then I can't talk about, uh, uh, you know, how how good I am at Oscar picks anymore. Someone but tells I'm, me, B, you're going to be talking about how you beat me that one time for the rest of my life. And that's okay. Yeah, there's that's 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 probably true. That's probably true. As long as long as as long as we have fun and we keep the spirit of watching good movies in our heart, I think it's okay. But but yeah, it's a lot of fun. So make sure you go do that. Let us know if you made a martini to have while you're watching Licorice Pizza, or let us know, uh, you know, if you had something else. Let us know. We want to know all of that. And you can send pictures of your cocktails and cocktail ideas and movie ideas. You can do that on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the Movies and on Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. Um, I already mentioned the website, so go there and check that out. And follow us on TikTok. It's at Drink the Movies on TikTok. Uh, we're just putting together some videos of mixing up the cocktails. It's pretty fun over there, so go do that. And then 
after you've spun a record slash licorice pizza, you have fallen in love, you have slept on a waterbed, you have played some now legalized pinball, you should go leave the podcast review because that would help us out a ton. Michaela, where should they go do that? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere Anchor Podcasts are distributed. If you do find us, you should subscribe because you don't want to miss any of this. This is awesome stuff. You get two drops a week and we talk about lots and lots of good stuff, especially around the Oscars. You don't want to miss that. Um, Leave us a five-star review because as Brian said, we're building a community full of people who love drinks, love cocktails, love all things movies out there. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So, uh, Michaela, this is another Oscar film off the list. Uh, but we still have we still have a few to go. We have we have over this weekend, and then we'll be back next week to talk about our Oscar picks. We'll go through all the categories. We will give our final expert opinions on these things. We will be making our picks live uh, on air on on recorded uh, internet on radio. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will be ma- we'll be making our picks. We will be locked into those, um, and then that will be our uh, our Oscar picks for this year. So make sure you join us and make sure you are checking out the lobby bar because uh, we're going to be having some fun over there doing some special Oscar cocktails all week. So check that out. And yeah, Michaela, we better we better go fire up the uh, streaming services and get to watching. I think if we do like three screens at once, we'll be able to get through all of these this week. Yeah. I only have 21 more to go in a week to do it. I got this. I got this. We got it. It's going to be fine. Three a day. That sounds good. We can do it. (laughs) Works for movies and martinis. All right. Well, we will talk to everyone next time on drink Drink the the movies. movies.